This is an ABC podcast. The job of FBI director has a pretty questionable history. The founding FBI director was J. Edgar Hoover, and for 37 years he ruled the Bureau in ways that were not just unethical but also illegal. Mind you, you wouldn't have known that at the time. As long as I am director of the FBI, it will continue to maintain its high and impartial standards of investigation despite the hostile opinions of its detractors. Hoover knew that information was power. He kept more than a 1,000 files in his office outlining embarrassing details of US politicians' sex lives. He used these to blackmail some politicians. He was incredibly close with six presidents, and many of them used the FBI as their own secret police force. Furthermore, the FBI will continue to be objective in its investigations and will stay within the bounds of its authorised jurisdiction. After he died, the US government passed all sorts of laws to make sure another J. Edgar Hoover never came along. The FBI director isn't meant to be loyal to the president. And these days, directors go to extreme lengths to protect the integrity of the Bureau. But it's those extreme lengths that have caused big problems for both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I'm Matt Bevan, and this is Russia If You're Listening, a podcast about the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 US presidential election. Today, Trump and Clinton's biggest nightmare. And when I say biggest, I mean that literally. And now, your former FBI director standing six foot eight out of the University of Chicago and out of a job, James Comey! Big James Comey's quest for integrity may have cost Hillary Clinton the election and then caused Donald Trump to commit a crime. But when it's his word against Trump's, who can you believe? That's today on Russia If You're Listening. James Comey became a nationally famous lawyer when he was 41 years old. He prosecuted America's favourite cook. Martha Stewart is being prosecuted not because of who she is, but because of what she did. He also chased the biggest mob family in New York, the Gambinos. In 2003, President George W. Bush noticed his work and promoted him to Deputy Attorney General. That meant that he was the second most senior lawyer in the US government. It was in this position that he was forced to take a stance against a president for the first time. Strapped to a board, tilted head down, a cloth placed over his face and water poured over his mouth to give the sensation of drowning. In 2007, it broke that the CIA had been waterboarding prisoners in Iraq and Afghanistan during the war on terror. Waterboarding is torture. And it emerged that James Comey wrote the US government's justification for it. But years later, he claimed that despite making the legal case for waterboarding, he was personally against it. I went to the Attorney General and said, this is wrong, this is awful. You have to go to the White House and force them to stare at this and answer that question. I believe the answer is we should not be involved in this kind of stuff. He said that his wife had given him advice. And she said to me one evening, don't be the torture guy. Saying you're against something after it has been publicly revealed is all well and good. 
but James Comey was able to prove his point. He produced notes that he'd taken at the time to back up his claim that he had been against torture. James Comey is kind of big on taking notes. It's a habit that gives him authenticity when recalling contentious discussions down the track, and it would prove useful multiple times in his career. I had great parents and great teachers who beat that into me. His reputation for being fussy and fastidious helped him get the job of FBI boss in 2013 under Barack Obama, despite the fact he was a Republican. And perhaps thinking back to J. Edgar Hoover, Comey was extremely keen to maintain a personal firewall between him and the president. The FBI must be independent. Did you vote? No, I was the FBI director. Comey apparently refused to play basketball with President Obama, which is a shame since Comey's more than two metres tall and can dunk. It was more likely that Comey wanted to stay detached from the administration because at the time, the FBI was investigating Hillary Clinton. She was accused of mishandling classified information by storing some of her official emails on a private server at her home. The investigation wrapped up and James Comey had a complicated decision to make. Usually, the Department of Justice announces the end of an investigation, but at the time, the Attorney General was under pressure for being too close to the Clintons. But her meeting with President Clinton on that airplane was the capper for me. So instead, James Comey held a press conference. He gave Hillary Clinton the all clear, but also offered up a few hot takes. There is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. James Comey said she was careless, but not criminally negligent. But that wasn't enough for Donald Trump. Today is the best evidence ever that we've seen that our system is absolutely, totally rigged. It's rigged. That should have been the end of the email scandal, but it was reopened again just five months later. Former Democratic politician Anthony Weiner was under fire for tweeting and texting dick pics under the pseudonym Carlos Danger. Anthony Weiner's alter ego is a Bolivian action hero slash porn star. <laughs> Danger is my username. Numerous women were the recipients of his crotch shots, but allegations were made that he had sent photos of himself to a 15-year-old girl. This tipped the scandal over from embarrassing to a crime. And the reason this matters is because of who Anthony Weiner is married to. I'm here today to again apologize for the personal mistakes I have made and the embarrassment I have caused. I make this apology to my neighbours and my constituents, but I make it particularly to my wife, Huma. Huma Aberdeen is Hillary Clinton's top aide. As part of a dick pic investigation, agents were looking through Anthony Weiner's computer. But they stumbled upon emails between his wife, Huma, and her boss, Hillary Clinton. Yes, those emails. Possibly some of the missing 30,000 emails Clinton had deleted. It seems Anthony Weiner is forcing the nation to relitigate the entire email controversy and putting Hillary Clinton's chances of winning the presidency in serious danger. Carlos danger. <laughs> James Comey reopened the Hillary Clinton private email server investigation so that agents could check whether anything they'd found on Weiner's laptop would change the conclusions they'd come to in mid-2016. And then I faced a choice. And I've lived my entire career by the tradition 
that if you can possibly avoid it, you avoid any action in the run-up to an election that might have an impact. He was trying to decide whether to tell the public about the investigation. And so I stared at Speak and Conceal. Speak would be really bad. There's an election in 11 days. Lordy, that would be really bad. But he stuck to his core principle. Protect the FBI's reputation. Don't show political bias. Everybody who disagrees with me has to come back to October 28th with me and stare at this and tell me what you would do. Would you speak or would you conceal? The thing about this choice is it was actually more complicated than that. At the same time as he was investigating Clinton publicly, there was also a secret counter-espionage investigation into Donald Trump's campaign. Two candidates, two FBI investigations. But James Comey admits that he thought Hillary Clinton was going to win no matter what he did. I was operating in a world where Hillary Clinton was going to beat Donald Trump. James Comey made his decision. He made a political calculation. The FBI has just sent a letter to Congress informing them that they have discovered new emails Donald Trump couldn't contain his excitement. I have great respect for the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice are now willing to have the courage to right the horrible mistake that they made. The Democrats knew how bad this was for them. Here's what Hillary Clinton said after the election. But I was on the way to winning until the combination of Jim Comey's letter on October 28th and Russian WikiLeaks raised doubts in the minds of people who were inclined to vote for me but got scared off. James Comey became the target for enormous anger and ridicule, particularly for saying he was opening the investigation but not saying whether there was anything important in the emails. He's like a detective who gathers all the suspects in a room and announces, one of the people in this room is a murderer. Now, if you excuse me, I have dinner reservations. He closed the investigation again before the election, saying nothing had been found. But the damage had been done. What did it feel like to be James Comey in the last 10 days of that campaign after you sent the letter? It sucked. I walked around vaguely sick to my stomach, feeling beaten down, felt like I was totally alone, that everybody hated me. This wasn't even the worst thing that happened to him that summer. The FBI investigation into Russian meddling in the US election was underway, and that included the Trump campaign's numerous links to sketchy Russians. And as president-elect, Donald Trump had to be told about it. So Comey and Trump met for the first time. President-elect Trump's first question was to confirm that it had no impact on the election. Then the conversation, to my surprise, moved into a PR conversation about how the Trump team would position this and what they could say about this. That's just not done. He said that he felt like Trump was trying to make him part of the team. I had a flashback to my days investigating the mafia, La Cosa Nostra. I felt this effort to make us all, and maybe this wasn't their intention, but it's the way it felt to me, to make us all Amica Nostra. We're all part of the messaging. We're all part of the effort. The boss is at the head of the table. And we're going to figure out together how to do this. This felt inappropriate to Comey, but he had more news to deliver. The Steele dossier, containing allegations that Trump had ordered sex workers to pee on a hotel bed in Moscow, was in the hands of the media, and Trump needed to know about it. 
Comey says Trump acted defensively. My reading of it was it was important for me to assure him we were not personally investigating him. I was worried very much about being in kind of a kind of a J. Edgar Hoover type situation. I didn't want him thinking that I was briefing him on this to sort of hang it over him in some way. James Comey was concerned by the encounter. He got in his car and repeated his well-worn habit of taking down his thoughts and recollections of their meeting. But he still had a job to do. So when Donald Trump's inauguration came up later that month, Comey did his duty and attended. Law enforcement officials gathered in the Blue Room at the White House for an event afterwards. The inauguration was such a success and such a safety success. And we want to thank you all. Comey went to the ceremony to represent the FBI, deliberately wearing a blue suit so he could hide amongst the Blue Room's blue curtains. He didn't want to be there. He knew that Donald Trump was a hugger, and he didn't want one. It didn't work, though. So let's... uh, Oh, and there's James. He's become more famous than me. (laughs) Comey got the hug. Days later, James Comey's boss at the Justice Department, Sally Yates, alerted the White House that Trump had a problem. You might remember that Trump's national security adviser, Michael Flynn, had been caught lying about meeting with Russians. We believed that General Flynn was compromised with respect to the Russians. The day after Yates's warning to the White House, James Comey and Donald Trump had a private dinner together. A dinner was arranged, I think he asked for the dinner, and he wanted to stay on as the FBI head, and I said, I'll, you know, consider, we'll see what happens. Comey says he didn't ask for the dinner, but that's not the biggest thing they disagree on. He wanted me to, in essence, reapply for my job and pledge personal loyalty to him. Did he ask for it that directly? Yes. Near the beginning of the meal, he asked for it that directly, exactly that directly, saying, I need loyalty, I expect loyalty, or maybe it was the reverse, but he was asking for loyalty. The problem here is the FBI director isn't meant to be loyal to the president. Their loyalty is to the nation. Ever since the death of J. Edgar Hoover, the separation between the president and the FBI director has been entrenched to make sure that no president can use the FBI as his own personal secret police. Trump denies he asked for Comey's loyalty. Did you ask that question? No, no, I didn't. But I don't think it would be a bad question to ask. The next time the president and Comey talked alone was after Flynn was fired. Comey was in the Oval Office on Valentine's Day with a group of people when everyone else was asked to leave the room. He said he hopes I can let it go. And when he said that, you thought? He's asking me to drop a criminal investigation of his now former national security advisor. I took the expression of hope as this is what I want you to do. President Trump later said that Comey was lying, tweeting, James Comey better hope that there are no tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. When pressed about that at a Senate hearing, Comey called the president's bluff. I've seen the tweet about tapes. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Michael Flynn was fired, and the FBI got to work investigating him. Donald Trump started to panic. Three months later, Trump asked the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein to write a letter recommending that James Comey be fired as FBI director. Why? Well, because he had treated Hillary Clinton so poorly, of course. A stunning announcement from the White House today. 
President Trump fires FBI Director James Comey. Comey found out he was fired while he was giving a speech in California. News that Trump had given him the boot flashed up on big TV screens behind him. A few hours ago, he fired James Comey, the director of the FBI, which is kind of like OJ firing Judge Ito halfway through the trial. Of course, James Comey had taken notes of the meeting where Trump talked about dropping the Flynn investigation. Sure, I created records after conversations, and I think I did it after each of our nine conversations. After he was fired, Comey leaked some of those notes to the media. It's a fair judgment, it's my judgment, that I was fired because of the Russia investigation. I was fired in some way to change, or the endeavour was to change the way the Russia investigation was being conducted. There were loud calls from all sides of politics for a massive, special investigation into Comey's firing and connections between Russia and the Trump campaign. Because firing someone for incompetence is fine. But firing someone because they may be investigating you or your friends is not fine. It's called obstruction of justice, and it's a crime. Look. He's a showboat, he's a grandstander. So when Donald Trump agreed to be interviewed on NBC by Lester Holt, all he had to do was stick to the script and say that Comey was fired for incompetence. The FBI has been in turmoil, you know that, I know that, everybody knows that. So far, so good. Uh, What I did is I was going to fire Comey, my decision, it was not. You had made the decision before they came uh, in I I was going to fire Comey. Hang on, he already knew he was gonna fire him. Uh, He made a recommendation, but regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Okay, well, that's not great, but at least he didn't mention that Russia was on his mind when he made the decision. And in fact, when I decided to just do it, I said to myself, I said, you know, this Russia thing with Trump and Russia is a made-up story. It's an excuse. Ooh, so close. Oh, and that wasn't all. A day after he fired Comey, the president met with senior Russian officials in the Oval Office. President Trump ripping into the FBI director he'd just fired, calling James Comey crazy, a real nut job. According to the New York Times, that was read a document summarizing the meeting. Explaining the firing, Mr. Trump said, I faced great pressure because of Russia. That's taken off. Adding, I'm not under investigation. This might be the most legally questionable thing Donald Trump did. As Fox News' Judge Andrew Napolitano says, if it can be proven that the president interfered with the investigation for corrupt purposes, he could be in a lot of trouble. Structure of justice is a crime, no matter who commits it. If done for it, obstruct a corrupt purpose. It's also an impeachable offence. These days, after years of doing his best to seem neutral and balanced, James Comey has given up the pretense. Did you vote? No, I was the FBI director. Are you going to vote in 2020? Yes, I will. (laughs) James Comey might be one of the most influential figures of the decade. Whether he meant to or not, his attempts to be independent and protect the FBI ended up plunging the Bureau into an unprecedented crisis. And he'll have to die wondering, did he do more than anyone else to pick the winner of the 2016 US election? Russia, if you're listening, is produced by Yasmin Parry and Will Ockenden. Next, Donald Trump loves Vladimir Putin. If he says great things about me, I'm going to say great things about him. And he loves being rich. I'm really rich. I'm really successful. 
Are those two things connected? You're worth a billion dollars? Perhaps. 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 Perhaps are we the low side of perhaps or the high side? Since the 90s, when Trump's money dwindled, he has been desperate to hang on to his status. Trump found himself on the financial precipice. What would Trump do to keep his billions? I'm really rich. The choices he made to stay on top and how they might be of interest to special counsel Robert Mueller. That's next on Russia, if you're listening. 